Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, January 25th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. Again, the website, BeantownAthletics.com. Uh, football season is over, so I know that you got some softball leagues coming up as you look forward to the weather getting warmer. We did have some snow over the weekend here in Boston, and I will get to some football. But hey, you got a softball team You're in a league, you get some money from a sponsor, you want some uniforms made, well, take that money from your sponsor and come to Beantown Athletics and get custom-designed uniforms for all your softball leagues, any league, any type of tournament, any type of uniform you would like designed, they can do it right here. Just go to BeantownAthletics.com. And again, give them a call, 617-282-4181. I'm somewhat depressed, given that read, talking about softball uniforms and football being over because, well, the reason I say football is over, at least here in New England it is, because yesterday, the one thing I thought would not happen The one thing I thought I would not get wrong with my weekend predictions. The one thing was the result of the Patriots-Broncos game in Denver for this AFC championship. I thought the Patriots would win. I told you that all week last week. I told you over the weekend when I was on TV, on radio, I felt confident. I told you it wasn't going to be easy, but I felt confident the Patriots would be able to win this game, go into Denver, come out victorious, and move on to Super Bowl 50. As you know, Now, that did not happen. The Denver Broncos are AFC champions. They are going to Super Bowl 50. They will take on the Carolina Panthers. The early spread on this one is Carolina, a four and a half point favorite. So now they have two weeks to prepare for that. And we have two weeks of Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers talk. And um, look, I didn't, again, I didn't expect to come into this studio today on this show, on this podcast, and give you the Patriots eulogy, but that's what we have to do, and I will do that uh, right here today, right now, Uh, but first, my picks over the weekend, picks, picks, I picked both games with the spread, I picked the Patriots minus three and a half, obviously I got that wrong, I took Carolina minus three, so I got that right, so I went one and one, my record now in the season, 45 48 and 2, 45 wins, 48 losses, and 2 pushes. I know, it's not good enough. I get one more pick for the Super Bowl, but it's it's going to be a painful pick because, I mean, I, I'm right now, you want my early prediction? Carolina, watching them beat Arizona last night, and, and still seeing what the Patriots' defense was able to do to the Broncos' offense and, and shut them down for most of the game after the Broncos scored their first two touchdowns. I mean, oh, Holy shit, what happened yesterday in Denver? What was that? What was that? I mean, 
the fear was, if you had any fear at all, it was the offensive line and it was the potential that, hey, your quarterback could have a bad day. We saw it two years ago. Tom Brady had a bad day in Denver in the AFC Championship two years ago. I thought things were different. I didn't want to go back two years ago. I wanted to go back to Week 12 and what the Patriots didn't have in that game. You know, they were without all their weapons, and even one of the weapons they had in that game, he got hurt, Rob Gronkowski, in that Week 12 game. You still scored 24 points in Denver, and you lose that game in overtime. I wanted to look at that. I wanted to look at the fact that the Patriots got all their bodies back offensively, at least in the receiving core, and... That would help them in this game. They would be able to move the football downfield, and I thought they'd be able to stop Peyton Manning from throwing the football. Now, in fantasy, that comment, after the first two touchdowns, they were able to stop Peyton Manning from throwing the ball downfield. All right? They they, they did prevent that. And the Patriots' defense, I thought, after those first two touchdowns, the Patriots' defense was awesome, was great. And, And my thoughts on the Patriots' defense will lead me to... Some of my opinions on how this game played out. But, uh, man, I, I tell you what. I'm watching this game yesterday at my house with my father. And I, I never liked this game. There wasn't one point in time yesterday where I liked this game. I'm talking about, not once, not once. I'm talking about from the Patriots winning the coin toss and choosing to receive the football to the sun. I'm diving like the sun. The sun was pissing me off. The, the lighting, the sun, I didn't like it. The camera angle. You can tell I'm losing my voice. I, I lost my voice yesterday yelling at the TV. From the minute this game started, from the minute I heard the official say, Patriots will, will choose to receive the football. I'm going, what? What do you mean we're going to receive the football? Now, I had heard that theory on the radio. I took some calls over the weekend on WEI. I heard that theory from people where... Because I was saying, look, I think the Patriots need to come out and they need to score a couple touchdowns in the first half, you know? They need to score a first quarter touchdown, potentially get a drive at the end of the first quarter into the second quarter, score another touchdown, score some points, make sure that you put the ball in Peyton Manning's hand, not in their running back's hand late in this game, and and you'll win it. And, And people are calling and saying, listen, you know, we agree with that theory, but if you win the coin toss, you should receive the football. And I said, well... Not necessarily, because if you if because that's getting away from what you do. That's getting away from your game plan. That's getting away from who you are. You don't want to go into this game and, and change who you are. I, I think what you want to do is you want to kick the ball off, and you want to say to the Broncos right away, all right, you need to go on an 80-yard drive because we're going to kick this kick open and kick off out of the end zone. you got to drive down 80 yards. And we don't think you have many 80-yard drives in you, but we'll give you a shot right away. And, and even if they had scored, you know, I don't think that would have been the end of the world. And the way I looked at it was because you had Edelman back, because you had your offense back in place, I'm looking for the double whammy. Because when you go back to week 16, 17, and people are going to do that now when it gets to the home field advantage and the fact that they say, well, the Patriots probably should have played this game at home. I'll get into my thoughts on that as well. But the bottom line is this. In this specific game, you're in Denver. There's nothing you can do about it now. You're in Denver. You're in the AFC Championship game. You're doing everything you got to do to win this one. But I don't think you need to go outside the box and out-coach yourself and change your game plan and change who you are. Let's face it, receiving the football when you win the coin toss is not who the Patriots... That's not who the Patriots are. That's not who Bill Belichick is. It's not. It's just not them. 
And what is them, and this is going back to week 16, 17, you know, those two games, and even a couple other games at the end of the regular season, when they didn't have Edelman, you got to the end of the first half, how many times do we sit here saying, they just, they, they get the ball at the end of the first half, they have like two, two and a half minutes left, and they don't know what they want to do with it. Like, they, they're unsure of what they want to do. They, they run the ball first down to run the, looks like they're going to run the clock out. Then they, they run it again on second down. They pick up a 15-yard gain, and they say, all right, actually now we, we only need to go 20, 25 yards to be in field goal range. Let's throw it on third down. Uh, you, know, you know, after they get a big run, then they say, all right, we'll, we'll throw it on first, second, third. Well, they don't know what they, they didn't know what they wanted to do at the end of the halves, at the end of the regular season. And it was something that we weren't used to seeing out of the Patriots. Usually they're this team that they go for it. They go for the double whammy, right? They go for the, and the double whammy is simple. You score at the end of the first half and you get the ball to begin the second half and you score again. That's the double whammy. You know, and even if they wouldn't go for it, at least they would stick to their game plan at the end of the half and say, hey, we're going to eat the clock. We're going to go into the, into the locker room at the half with the way the score is. But there were times at the end of the regular season where they weren't doing that. They, they were showing us that they were going to run the clock out and go into the locker room the way it was with like two runs, three runs. And then they'd say, oh, you know what? We're actually going to pass now. And it was like they were all over the place. They didn't know what they wanted to do. But I think that came back to going into those drives at the end of the first half in some of those games. They didn't have Edelman. They were struggling offensively. They were, they were not confident that they were going to be able to drive the ball downfield in a short amount of time like that and rush it, and they just said, we're not going to go for it. But then when they started to gain some yards in the run, they changed their game plan mid-drive. It was unpatriot-like, if you want to call it that. Okay? It just didn't make any sense. So people were calling into my radio show saying, you know what? Danny, we should get the ball first in this game. It, we got to score points early. And because of that, knowing we have to do that, we should get the ball first. And I said, no, you don't. Don't change that. You still should. You got the offense back, but I think you should go. Once again, your strategy should be go for the double whammy. You get the ball at the end of the half. You score. You get the ball to begin the second. They, they win the coin toss. They choose to receive. I thought that was. And they ended up punting. Five plays, only 15 yards. They punt. And I wasn't saying it after they punted it, it was a bad decision. I said it the minute I heard the official mention that the Patriots would receive the football. I mean, I jumped up out of my seat. I said, what are we doing? I didn't like the game then. I didn't like the sun. Honestly, the sun was pissing me off in the first half. I just I didn't have a good feel. And the camera angle. I mean, the fucking camera angle sucked. I know it's Mile High Stadium. You got to have the camera Mile High and the sky, like, what What was the camera angle in this game, too? Because last week, the game against Kansas City, the camera was, like, in the fifth row. It was basically on the bench. It was zoomed in. It was just, I, I, I don't know what was going on yesterday. There wasn't one part of this game that I liked from the very beginning. All the way to having a goal for two points after what should have been what should have been a legendary, legendary fourth quarter touchdown drive, okay? It should have been legendary. Think about that. 
You convert multiple fourth down opportunities of fourth and ten, a minute and a half left. This is it. Game's on the line. You decide to just throw it deep down the middle to Gronk. Perfect pass. Unbelievable catch. You got new life. You get another fourth down. Gronk back in the end zone. Great throw. Great effort. Touchdown. Should have been legendary. That should have been a, that should be a fourth quarter drive that today we're talking about saying, holy shit, can you believe it? Tom Brady in a in a casket match with Peyton Manning. He slammed the casket shut. Right? I mean, it, it was just that should have been legendary, but you have to go for two. You had to go for two. All the way through, I didn't like one part of this game. There wasn't one part of this game that I liked. I, I, actually, I should say this. I love the defense. Hightower, Collins. Oh, you want to talk about earning your money? These, the, Whatever their next contracts are going to be, I mean, you bet, they better get their money. Collins, Hightower, they're here for the long haul. They're not, and, and I know nobody was shipping them out of town anyways, but... It, it, and I don't think they really needed to have those type of games yesterday to prove what we know that they are. But let's face it, yesterday, Collins, Hightower were absolute beasts. Come on. This defense, they stepped up. They gave, I know, I know the Broncos, Peyton Manning threw two touchdown passes in, in this first half. I get it. No, people, the talk coming in was Peyton couldn't throw. He threw two touchdown passes. There were some miscommunications there, uh, at least in the first touchdown pass. Both to Owen Daniels. I think the second one was a nice play down the sideline, right? The first one, Owen Daniels wide open up the middle. There was clearly a breakdown in communication with uh, the linebackers and, and I think even with one of the safeties. But Peyton threw two touchdowns. After that, what did they do? After that, what did they do? They kicked two field goals. They beat the Patriots 20-18. to 18. If you had told me going into the game yesterday, that the Broncos would score two touchdowns and then they would kick two field goals and they would score 20 points, I would have told you Patriots win the game. I would have told you Patriots win the game. In fact, my prediction on WEI over the weekend with a score was Patriots win 30-20. to 20. If you told me the Broncos scored 20 points and I just gave you those the way they did it, I tell you, that's about right. I mean, I, I that's about right. Patriots still win the game. Broncos score 20 points. Patriots win the game. Uh, but now, you look at it, and uh, Brady had a bad day. It was If there was any fear, you could, you, you could look at it and say, all right, in Denver, and there's always the possibility that, you know, Tom Brady could have had a bad day. He had a bad day two years ago in Denver in the AFC Championship. It was the possibility that could happen in this game. And and it did. Now, I do got to say this. As upset as I am today that the Patriots season is over and the way that it ended because Brady had a bad day. And, and again, we can, we can get into why he had a bad day. There, there were things that happened as to why he did have a bad day. On the Patriots' end, the offensive line was horrible. But I gotta, you got to credit Denver. I mean, you do have to give credit to Denver. And more specifically, more specifically, Von Miller. Von Miller had a tremendous game. Two and a half sacks and an interception. So credit where it's due to the Denver Broncos. I am in no way trying to take away from what Denver's defense did yesterday. All right? I'm not trying to take away from them. 
They had a great day. They had a great game plan. They got to Tom Brady. And, you know, there were points in times where they made Tom Brady look like what I thought Peyton Manning would look like in the first quarter of this game yesterday, in the first half of this game. They gave Tom Brady the happy feet. They disguised the blitz. The word that I used that the Patriots defense needed to have against Peyton Manning, the Broncos defense used it. Disguising. Disguise the blitz. Confuse the quarterback at the line of scrimmage. Disguise. Create confusion. Von Miller acting like he's coming in. Next thing you know, he drops back, intercepts a pass to Rob Gronkowski. A, you know, bad throw by Tom Brady. A nice play by Von Miller to disguise and confuse Brady. But, you know, still a bad decision on Brady's part at the same time. But Von Miller made the play. Credit him. Credit their defense. I'm doing that. All right? But even with that said, even with even giving the Broncos defense credit for what they did and having a great game plan and executing and getting to Tom Brady, right? Even with that said, the Patriots still had chances to win this game. They still had chances. As good as the Broncos defense was in Denver, the Patriots still had a chance to get out of there with a win and go to Super Bowl 50. And, and I mean, where do you want to start? Yeah, I already started with you, you, you should have you never received the ball. I think that was just getting away from, from what you did. But if you put that aside for a minute, all right, you ended up punting. All right, Denver, look, they score a touchdown. But then you get a, then you get a turnover. The Peyton Manning backwards pass. You challenge it. You win that. Jonathan Freeney thankfully picked up the football. Okay, picked up the football, you drive down, it results in a touchdown, Steven Jackson, because you get it at the Denver 22, so you win that, you get that turnover, that was huge, Steven Jackson touchdown, another, another big one, get him some confidence going, and then you miss the extra point, oh, holy shit, and look, people out there saying, hey, he's, he's made... Made big kicks. He's been consistent. He's been great. I agree with all that. Guskowski's been great. I, I, I don't want to come on here today and, and make this about uh, Guskowski is the one guy we should be pointing the finger at. I'm, no, there's, there's a, several things that we're going to point the finger at today. Guskowski is not the only one, but to sit here and say he's someone we shouldn't be pointing the finger at at all is ridiculous. He did miss an extra point. I mean, come on. Some of the blame, you have to go for two at the end of that game because he missed the extra point. Let's not, you can't just let him off the hook. Yeah, you feel bad for the kid, but you got to hit that. You got to kick that through the uprights. It's an extra point. Instead, it's seven to six. Denver looks up at the scoreboard. They still have the lead. I mean, where's the momentum that you're supposed to have? Getting a turnover, scoring a touchdown. Oh, he missed the extra point. Again, goes back to there wasn't one thing in this game that I liked. And, and that's it. There wasn't one point in this game where I liked this game. I get it. Obviously, the Patriots defense I liked. And we'll get, we'll get to where that fact is in in just a moment. But you get everything that just transpired. You missed the extra point. Come on, Guskowski. Look, the blame needs to be placed on Guskowski. I'm not saying he's the only one to blame, but to... to to come out and say, wow, we can't put it on him because he's been great. 
great. He's been great, but he wasn't great in that one moment where they needed an extra point. And then what this all really comes back to is, is the Patriots offense. Patriots offense. And we can debate why Tom Brady had a bad day, but do not ignore the fact that Tom Brady had a bad day. Was his offensive line brutal? Yes. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, it was horrible. Awful. And I watched, you know, when you watch the halftime, Boomer Esiason said in the halftime on TV that he, and he does radio, he said that during the game on radio, I wasn't listening to him on radio, but during the game on radio, he said he kept yelling, get the ball to Julian, get the ball to Julian over the middle, saying that he was open. Now, I haven't looked at the in-depth game film for this. I haven't watched this game a second time. I haven't been able to zone in on Julian Edelman every single snap. Uh, but I think Boomer's got good eyes for the game, especially as a former quarterback where he's up top looking at this game from afar. And if he's seeing Julian open like that, then I, I, I guess he must have been open. Uh, but the offensive line was just terrible. And, man, at times it looked almost like it wasn't even a skill situation. It was more like a, a preparation situation. Like, did they not prepare for Von Miller? I don't know. There's part of me that doesn't understand that. Von Miller had a great game, but there were some points in times where Miller was coming in after the quarterback where I'm wondering, did they not know Miller was on the field? Like, what's going on here? There, were, there was a part of me that looks at the offensive line and think, man, Forget about execution. Were you even prepared for this fucking game? Like, did you watch the Denver Broncos defense at all? As you entered the AFC Championship? As offensive linemen? It just was, it was somewhat mind-boggling that it could be that bad over and over and over. Now, look, it was an issue that a lot of us have pointed out that even last week, or the week before with the Chandler Jones and Gronkowski stuff and the Belichick black eye, I said, look, this all comes back. The biggest issue is the offensive line. Biggest issue is the offensive line. That's it. Looked like it was somewhat fixed in the Kansas City game with Edelman returning. And uh, they were exposed this week and yesterday with Denver's pass rush and Demarcus Ware, uh, Von Miller. Von Miller was a beast in this game. But there were times when Miller was coming in where I'm going, did they even know? Did, did they even prepare for Von Miller? Like, did they know he was on the other side and what he does? It's just, it was mind-boggling. It was too bad. It looked too bad. It looked too so bad to the point where I thought we, we were getting away from execution and we started to get into lack of maybe preparation on the offensive line. Like, they just didn't seem ready for this at all, which is frustrating. And I can only imagine how frustrating it was for the quarterback and Tom Brady. Look, his offensive line was terrible, but there were still times that Tom Brady was just not good. Like the Von Miller interception. Brady got confused. Uh, he made a bad decision, made a bad throw. I mean, Gronk's not open there. He throws the football right into the hands of Von Miller at the Patriots 16-yard line, inside their own 20-yard line. And what do we talk about going into this game? The one thing they could not do as an offense is give the Broncos field position because they don't have 
Peyton Manning does not have many 70, 80, 90-yard drives in him. But if you're going to give them the ball at the 50, the 60, never mind your own 20-yard line, then you're putting yourself in position to lose the game. And that's what Brady did there. Bad throw, bad decision. Nice play by Miller, but at the same time, bad decision by Brady. Throws the the interception. Broncos get the ball at the Patriots' 16-yard line. And they score the touchdown. The pass down the right sideline to Owen Daniels, his second touchdown of the game. Denver, they lead it 14-6. You're not feeling good. You're not feeling good. But after that, the Patriots' defense. You go, go look at the drives after this. After that second Broncos touchdown, where they took a 14-6 lead. All right? Here are the Broncos' drives. A five-yard drive, punt. Negative four-yard drive, punt. 23-yard drive, field goal. Now we're getting into the second half. Broncos, negative five-yard drive, punt. 34-yard drive, punt. Negative one-yard drive, punt. 48-yard drive, field goal. Three-yard drive, punt. No yards, zero yards on three plays, punt. And then, of course, the end of the game when the Patriots couldn't convert the two-point conversion. My point being here is, after the Broncos scored their two touchdowns to take a 14-6 lead after the Brady interception, Denver only had two scoring drives, both field goals, and only 23-yard drive, field goal drive, and a 48-yard field goal drive. That's it. That's it. 48-yard drive. Everything else, 5-yard, minus 4, 0-yard, 16-yard, 5-yard. I mean, the Patriots' defense was phenomenal after this. And as good as the Patriots' defense was, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, as you drive downfield, In the fourth quarter, with all three of your timeouts, all three of your timeouts, as you drive downfield, and you trail 20-12, to it's an eight-point game. You look at it, you say, all right, it's a one-possession game. You get a fourth down and one at the Denver 16 with six minutes, six and a half minutes left, right? Fourth and one at the Denver 16. Steven Gotskowski, okay, he missed the extra point. But you know what he did after that? He hit a 48-yard field goal, and he hit a 47-yard field goal to give you 12 points. You trailed 20 to 12. Your defense, the Patriots' defense, was dominating. I just read you the drives. Denver wasn't driving the football. They weren't, Patriots weren't letting them. Denver, really, you watched their offense after that? They weren't doing, they weren't scoring another touchdown. You knew that. You knew that watching that game as the Patriots drove down with six, six and a half minutes left. You get it to the 16, and this is not hindsight. I'm watching it. They decide to go for it on fourth down. The offense stays in the field. I said, what are you? I I stood up, and I said to my father, and I yelled at the TV. I said, kick the fucking field goal. What are you doing? You have three timeouts. You're you're dominating the Broncos' offense. You're going to get the ball back. They're going to go three and out. You're going to get the ball back. And then you try to go for a touchdown. In fact, at that point in my head, I'm going, you got three timeouts, two-minute warning. I would have been playing the game for, for three field goals. One field goal there with six minutes left. Another field goal with about three and a half minutes left. And then you get the, could get the ball 
with a minute and a half left, drive down, kick another field goal to win. That's how I was thinking. And I thought it was possible based on the way your defense was playing. I don't think this was a crazy idea. And it's certainly not in hindsight because the minute I saw the Patriots offense stay in the field on the fourth and one, I jumped up out of my seat and I'm yelling at the TV. I'm yelling at my father. I'm like, this is a stupid decision. Even if they get it, I don't like this. This is stupid. They didn't get it. You turn the ball over on downs. What happens? You get the ball back. You get the ball back. Three and out for Denver. You get the ball back. Um, <laughs> and, and I just, I, I didn't understand it. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to kick the field goal, make it a 20 to 15 game, and say to yourself, we got so much time left. Our defense is playing so good. We know Denver's offense is not going to do anything. And even if they were to come down and, and kick a field goal, at that point, you're in the same spot, okay, with enough time to drive down and score a touchdown, and then you could go for two if you really needed to. I, man, I just thought it was an awful decision, and I listened to Belichick this morning, okay? I listened to him this morning in his press conference, and he was asked that question. I think Mike Reese, ESPN Boston, asked it, and a nice job by Mike because the Patriots decided to have this Belichick press conference at 9 a.m., this morning when most people were still in Denver from yesterday's game. I mean, you can't have that press conference a little bit later in the day for these guys. Come on. Come on. Uh, Mike Reese, though, nice job. And he asked him about that situation. And Belichick said, you know, he actually, he, Belichick, I believe, began the answer by saying, at the time, it seemed like a good decision. Almost as if now, he knowing in hindsight, he regrets it. But I don't know why. I just don't even know why they would do that. I don't even know why they would decide to go for it. And if you were going to go fourth and one, I would have rather, I mean, the QB sneak was is the play there, right? The QB sneak, Tom Brady. It's automatic. Oh, man. You kick that field goal, you know what you do? You kick that field goal. It's a 33-yard field goal. 20 to 15. You know what you do? You play great defense again. You get the ball. You put yourself in position to get a touchdown. Heck, you might even put yourself in position to kick another field goal. And then put yourself in position to kick a game-winning field goal with like 10 seconds left. Well, I just, it didn't make any sense to me. It still doesn't. And this isn't hindsight. Again, at the time, I'm saying this is stupid. This is ridiculous. What are we doing? Why would we be doing this with six minutes left? And all our timeouts and our defense playing unbelievable. This should be one of those signature, I have confidence in my defense moments. Shouldn't it be? Shouldn't it be? Certainly shouldn't have been, I have confidence in my offense moment. One of those, I have confidence in my offense moments. Because how could you have confidence in the offense? What did they do to give you confidence? Nothing. Brady was having a bad day. The offensive line was terrible. If there was anything good going for you in this game... It was your defense. Kick the fucking field goal. And if you kick that field goal, you know, now you get into hindsight, obviously. But at the time, it was, I, I'm saying, it, this is a terrible decision. But, but you think it's a terrible decision because you know you have enough time to drive down the field. You might even get two more possessions to drive down and get a touchdown. And if you, get that, if you can still play great defense and you get another poss- a possible touchdown drive in you, in one of those other two possessions late in the game, 
with all your timeouts and the two-minute warning, then you, you don't even need to kick the extra point. You could have missed another extra point and still won the game with a touchdown. And you, what ended up happening? You got a touchdown drive that should have been, as I mentioned, that should have been a legendary touchdown drive. Legendary. I should be sitting there telling you today that Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski is that that was legendary. Forget about the fourth quarter Brady had in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady just ended Peyton Manning's career with what would what would have been, you know, uh, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Right? You wouldn't have been able to script that any better. Instead, what are we doing now? Peyton Manning's going to the Super Bowl. And it's because of, of a couple factors. One, Guskowski makes an extra point. Two, you decided to go for it on fourth and one with six minutes left when you should have kicked the field goal. Three, ultimately, Tom Brady had a bad day. We can debate why. Did he not feel right? Was he, is he, obviously, he's got the high ankle sprain. He made some bad decisions. We know his offensive line was terrible. That didn't help him at all. That hurt him. That, you know, that, that could be the ultimate reason why he had a bad day. But even when he did have some protection, when it was time to make uh, a good decision, he made, bad, he made some bad throws. He did. Brady made some bad throws. And I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to sit here telling you, oh, Brady against the Manning brothers. Brady's 2-5 and five in the playoffs against the Manning brothers. So I would take the Manning brothers over Brady. No way. Brady, I'm taking Brady. I said this in the fourth, that final drive where they score the touchdown. I'm sitting there going, you know, I'm ta- telling my father, I go, hey, look, we, if we're in this position, I don't want to be in this position. We shouldn't be in this position because, you know, we should have kicked the field goal, but we still need a touchdown. But since we're in this position, there's nobody else that I'd rather have as my quarterback in this position than Tom Brady. So I feel good about that, right? And I still feel the same way. But just because I feel that way doesn't mean I, I can't criticize him. He had a bad day. And he may, even in the moments in which his offensive line was decent, and there weren't many moments, but there were some, Brady still made some bad throws. Made some bad throws. And the Von Miller one, you, you could make the argument, you know, if you want to get away from blaming the Patriots coaching strategy for, you know, the, the lack of a field goal there or even Guskowski for the mixed extra point, right? You can make the argument that the Brady interception of Von Miller changed the game. Gave them the ball early on inside the 20-yard line and you basically handed the Broncos seven points. You gave them points. You spotted Peyton Manning an extra seven points and they took a 14-6 lead. And you can make the argument that was the difference in the game. Right there. That was it. Uh, I, you could make an argument for that. You came to me today and said, Tom Brady cost him the game with that interception of Von Miller. I, I would tell you, well, guess what? My strategy going in would be, don't do that. If you do that, you'll lose that game. And he did it. He gave them the ball inside his, his own 20, and that can't happen. You cannot, go, you cannot win games, championship games on the road against top defenses, throwing that ball, throwing that interception. Can't happen. Brady had a bad day. Pains me to say it. Kills me to say it. Brady had a bad day. And what should have been a legendary drive in that fourth quarter, because of multiple factors, is not a legendary drive. In fact, is just ends up being a painful result, knowing that they didn't get the two-point conversion and knowing that even as bad 
as the offense was, as bad as the offensive line was, as bad a day as Brady has had, and you can make the argument that was Bra- that that was Brady's worst game we've seen maybe ever. Honestly, some numbers point to that. Uh, even with that, you could still make the argument that the Patriots should have left Denver with a win. You could. You can make that argument. And I just gave you the reasons. You kicked the field goal. When you're down 20-12 with six minutes left, you, you should be kicking that field goal. I can understand. If your defense, if Peyton was still moving the ball downfield easily, and, you know, you weren't getting the three and outs, and, and your defense didn't look good, and maybe you had some, you suffered some defensive injuries during the game, I can understand saying to yourself, we're on the road, we're down here in the territory, we got one yard to get, let's go for it, we don't trust our defense. But how, how could you not trust your defense in that spot? How could you not trust your defense? That, that wasn't a situation. You trusted your defense yesterday. It was the, in fact, it was the only thing you should have been trusting in this game. The only thing, one thing you trust in this game yesterday. Ready? Go. What was it? After the 14 points, it was the Patriots' defense. After the 14 points, the Broncos scored. And again, you, the, the second Broncos touchdown. Tom Brady gave them the football at the, at, inside the 20. So can you even blame that in the defense? Come on. Really, you can only blame one touchdown on the defense, and it was that miscommunication, whether it was Collins, Ninkovich, or one of the safeties, whoever it was, there was a miscommunication breakdown early in the game. You fixed it. The one thing you trusted yesterday, you didn't trust your field goal kicker. You missed an extra point. <laughs> um, you, you didn't trust your offense. You didn't trust your offensive line. You weren't, I don't even think you were trusting your quarterback, but guess what? At least in, in that moment on fourth and one, I, it's six minutes left. Man, there's a lot of plays that we talk about with this Patriots team and Belichick and even some fourth down plays that we question. The way this game played out, what was at stake, the situation at hand, <laughs> seeing Peyton Manning go to the Super Bowl now, I just, wrong, wrong time to be aggressive. Wrong time. Oh, such a wrong. I, I can't believe it. I, like, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there all night, kind of watching this Carolina-Arizona game. Kind of. Kind of. Wondering why they didn't kick the field goal. Wondering. Just wondering. We're never, they're never going to tell us. I mean, I, I, I think they felt like they finally got it down inside Broncos territory. Uh... Another in the second half, and, and it was late, and they said, hey, we're down here, and we only need one yard. We get this one yard. We feel confident we can get a touchdown. Then if we get a touchdown, even if we miss the two-point conversion, then we have six minutes to drive it down and get a field goal. I, I know that would be your reasoning if you're defending it. And it probably will be theirs, too, and, and would have been at the time and was their reasoning. But to me, the way your defense is playing – there should have been nothing on that sideline, in those headsets, on those broken tablets they were using, uh, on that, the coaching staff, the players, the owner. Nobody in that organization should have been saying, let's go for it here on fourth and one. Given how good your defense was playing against Peyton Manning and, and a Broncos offense that could not move the chains, that could not get a drive going. They didn't get drives. The two field goal drives, as I, I, I showed you again, 23-yard drive. 
and a 48-yard drive, right? And after that, everything else, I mean, come on. Three plays. Three plays, five yards. Three plays, minus four yards. Three plays, minus five yards, punt. I mean, these are all three plays, minus one yard. You had the Broncos offense right where you wanted them. It was all playing out for you. All you had to do was kick the field goal. And uh, here we are now watching the Broncos go to the Super Bowl. And they're going to play the Carolina Panthers. And um, it just pains me to say that today. Pains me to say that. But that's where we stand. And people are going to go into the Week 17 game. They're going to say, well, you beat Miami. You have, you have this game at home. These people will be taking the, they'll be taking the easy way out. I mean, that Week 17 game, again, I still think the Edelman factor was real. You didn't have him in that game. Your offensive line was terrible. Now, Edelman did help the offensive line. Yesterday, you weren't going to Edelman as much as I thought you should have. And when I just told you the Boomer Esiason comments that he made at the half, I, 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 I'm going to trust him on that one. In the first half, Edelman was open more than maybe uh, Brady had, had let it known to be. And, uh... Look, I that week 17 against Miami, it just wasn't right. It just didn't look right. And we say, well, they didn't try to win. Well, I, I think they were trying to do, I think they were trying to play to their strengths. And I think they knew their offensive line in that game was not their strength. That's what I think. At first, when I'm watching that game, I'm saying the same thing. Oh, you got to try to win. You got to try to win. But... When you you let that game play out and you sleep on it and you wake up the next day, you think about it logically and you say, okay, they had a play to their strengths and the offensive line was bad. Uh, they were missing key pieces on the defensive end. They, again, didn't have Edelman. And you're in a situation where without all these weapons, you you really need to try and play small ball to win this game. You think you can do it that way. It's really the only way you'll be successful. And of course, not wanting guys to get banged up is is another thing. But at the same time, I mean, even with that strategy, trying to somewhat trying to protect yourself and the health of your team going to the playoffs, Tom Brady still suffered a high ankle sprain. So the strategy in that game was frustrating, but I think it was the strategy that the only strategy they could have used. You know, if they had come out and 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 Tom Brady stood in shock on the first hole. The whole first half, I don't know that they would have won that game, and neither do you. In fact, judging from what I saw when he did throw the ball in that game and the way the protection, you know, the way the offensive line was not protecting him in Week 17, I don't think they, I still don't think they would have won that game, even if he was in shotgun all first half. So, I don't know that I'm going to sit here today and talk about the Miami Jets game. Yeah, it would have been nice to win those because you get that home field advantage, and I would have loved the game to be in Gillette Stadium. Cold weather, we got some snow on the ground. Sure, would have loved it. But even with that said, you went to Denver. And after the 14 points, they scored. The Broncos couldn't do anything offensively. Couldn't do anything. You did everything as a defense to Peyton Manning and the Broncos' offense that, in my opinion, you would have done at Gillette Stadium. The only difference is maybe you can make the case that the offense would have been a little more comfortable without all that crowd noise 
eh, I mean, was no crowd noise going to affect the way this Patriots offensive line had a strategy of, of which seemed to be not blocking Von Miller all day? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. But uh, if you're at home, if they're at home, and that game's 20 to 12, you, you still go for them 4 to 1? At home, you, do you get that on, on, at 4-1 at home? Is that play different at home? I See, I don't know. I, I, the way the game played out, yeah, I would have rather had it at home, but the way after the Broncos scored their 14 points, it's like you did everything defensively to put your offense in position to win, even if you weren't scoring touchdowns. Like, you put your offense in position to win that game with field goals yesterday. But then you didn't kick them. When you needed to most. And I guess I just wonder, would that have been different at, at home? I I actually don't know. I don't know. Uh I'm so I'm not gonna really I'm not gonna sit here and, and look back at set week 17, 16. Would have been nice, obviously, but and you would prefer it. But the way this one played out yesterday, as as bad as Brady was, as bad as the offensive line was, as good as Denver's defense was. You still, you still should have left Denver with a win. You should have escaped with a win. You should be going to the Super Bowl. And you're not. Broncos. In Super Bowl 50, they will play the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers defeat the Cardinals 49-15. Carson Palmer, one touchdown, four interceptions. He also lost two fumbles. You know, Carson Palmer, I told you, he wasn't convincing in his win over Green Bay, and and he was going to have some problems against this Carolina defense if he played like that, and he certainly had his problems. And the Panthers, their offense on top of it, Cam Newton is the complete package. He looks unstoppable. He throws the football better than anybody in the league right now. He can also run into the end zone. And with the playmakers they have on D, Luke Kuechly, another pick six. I mean, this is... uh, you know, the Panthers are going to be a tough team to beat. And it's going to be won and lost at that line of scrimmage. If Denver's going to have to try to get to Cam Newton like they did to Tom Brady. I just think that right now you watch the Carolina Panthers offensive line. Clearly they are an offensive line that's given Cam Newton more time in the pocket than the Patriots offensive line was given uh, Tom Brady in the pocket. Now, could... Could that be affected by guys like Von Miller, Demarcus Ware? Sure. Sure, it could. I, I I just, I also think that outside of maybe some execution things in the Patriots offensive line, I look at that yesterday, I, thought, I, I started to think maybe just the strategy and the preparation was no good all week on that O-line. Like, it almost looked at times like they didn't even know Von Miller was on the Broncos until they got in the field yesterday. That, honestly, that's how it felt outside of just execution. Now, there were points in times, you know, Marcus Cannon, I mean, just pathetic efforts. Just a pathetic effort on his part. Really. And even, you know, even Volma was bad. It was all bad. The offensive line was terrible. They were no good. But even when they had given Brady some time, enough time, Brady still made some bad decisions and some bad throws. The, the blame there is, is twofold, I think. And, um... It, it it's it's over. I did not expect to be coming in here today, uh, reading off the Patriots eulogy. Now I'll, I'll say this for all the people that want to get into this Peyton Manning Tom Brady thing. I tell you what, 
If if the Super Bowl goes how I expect it to go, at least given an early outlook right now, and I think Carolina is going to win. Right now, they're four and a half. The Panthers are four and a half point favorites to open up. Uh, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, which is Carolina winning, Peyton Manning will be one and three in the Super Bowl. What would you rather have? I don't care about records in AFC championships or records between two quarterbacks in the playoffs. What would you rather have? The quarterback who's four and two in the Super Bowl possibly could extend that to being five and two because the Patriots are not done. In fact, I told you last week, and it still remains the same today when I checked this morning. There are there is a favorite in Vegas for Super Bowl fifty one next year. You know who that favorite is? The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots. Patriots defense. The fact that they could be even better next year is scary. Scary. And I don't know that Brady's going to fall off, and I would like to think that the Patriots focus on offensive line, not even just starters, but depth. To to the point where if they get some injuries, they'll be deep enough on that O-line where those things, you know, they'll still be able to block for their quarterback late in the season. All right? Uh, Patriots are going to be back. I think they'll win another Super Bowl. Brady's going to get another. And when he gets in and wins another, what, we're looking at he'll be 5-2, and two, and if Peyton Manning loses this, he'll be 1-3. and three. What would you take? I mean, even if it ended right now, Peyton's 1-2 and two in the Super Bowl. Brady's 4-2. and two. What are you taking? Well, you're taking the three extra rings, right? I mean, come on. So the fact that this is an argument, I, I get it. Some people want to go, oh, Brady's 2-5 and five in the playoffs versus the Manning brothers. I mean, I saw the headline on ESPN today. It said the headline was manhandled. <laughs> Get it? Manhandled. And it gave that that stat. Well, Brady's also got four Super Bowl rings, and he's 22-9 and nine in his playoff career. I mean, let's... Five straight AFC championships. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be angry today. I'm angry. I'm angry. The way that game played out yesterday, you still should have escaped Denver with a win. Execution, coaching, all of it. All of it factored in. Decision making, it was it was all just worst nightmare type stuff. Didn't like that game from the coin toss to the sunset to the camera angle to the having to go for a two-point conversion at the end of what should have been a legendary fourth quarter touchdown drive. I just didn't like anything about that game. So I'm angry. And I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be angry, but the bottom line is this. You do go to five straight AFC championships. There are a lot of cities with NFL teams. There are a lot of cities in any sport with a pro team that they love that would just like to go to the playoffs for five straight years. For two straight years, they'd like to go to the playoffs. Meanwhile, not only are the Patriots going to the playoffs every year, they're going to the conference championship game. I mean, five straight years? Tom Brady owns real estate in the AFC Championship. That's a tough thing to do. So, if you want to look at anything glass half full, that would be it. Because now they're going to get into Peyton versus Brady. You know, the head-to-head stuff again. This was, to me, yesterday, this was Vaughn Miller versus Tom Brady. Right? What? I mean, that, that's the way I think you got to look at it. This was Bill Belichick. Versus Denver Broncos. Mistake. Not kicking a field goal. Mistake. This was Steven Goskowski. <laughs> versus, 
versus the uprights. Bad kick. Can't happen. I know we don't want to blame it all on him. I'm not blaming it all on him, but he missed an extra point. Let's not ignore that. And because of it, you had to go for too late. This wasn't Brady versus Peyton yesterday. They're going to get into it. They're going to get into the stats, stat to head. But what would you rather have right now in your quarterback? Four rings or one? You say one ring, you're an idiot. (laughs) You say one ring, you're a fucking moron. Okay? Look, the Patriot fan of me, I don't like Peyton Manning, the football player. Nah, I don't like, of course not. How could you? And I know Peyton Manning fans, I don't like Tom Brady. I don't expect you to. You shouldn't expect me to like Peyton Manning. I will say this, I respect the guy. I respect him. Because you know he's looking himself in the mirror today going, I get that I didn't have a monster day, right? He's saying that. He goes, I know. I didn't even throw for 200 yards. Peyton Manning only threw for 176 yards, 17 of 32. But you know he's looking himself in the mirror today saying, those motherfuckers try to tell me all week long that I couldn't throw the football. You know what I did? I threw two touchdown passes in the first half of this game that ultimately made the difference. The difference maker. When nobody thought I could throw, next thing you know, I'm putting one down the sideline to Owen Daniels right on the money. You know, he, and you know what? Peyton should be proud of that because we did go into this game saying he couldn't throw the football. What'd he do? Boom, right away. Before you could even finish your second beer, he threw two touchdown passes on you. Now, after that, he didn't do anything. But those two, yeah, I, I respect the guy for that. That's, he did step up in that moment, in those big spots, right? He did. I respect him. I don't have to like him. As a quarterback, I, as, an, as a human, as an individual, I don't hate him. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. But the football fan of me, the Patriot fan, Peyton Manning, we don't like him. The football play, we don't like him. But I respect him. And uh, even though I respect him, and I think he's had some, he's put up some great numbers in his career, you can't deny that. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback, there's no question. Uh, he is going to be he's going to be bronzed in Canton one day. It's, it's going to happen. This could be his last ride. Great quarterback. One of the best to ever play the game. But uh, this idea that he is better than Tom Brady when he only has one Super Bowl ring is, is insane. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's insane. So, we'll try to move on. I, I, it's not going to be a quick, a quick turnaround to the Celtics or the Bruins and spring training. I know spring training is right around the corner, but uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow yesterday. Didn't expect it playing out like this, and certainly when it did play out the way it played out and you still had a chance to win a game, it makes it even more frustrating. You know, it's one thing if they scored a couple touchdowns, you didn't do anything, and and this game was over at halftime like the like the Panthers game was over at halftime. That's one thing. The fact that your offense played this poorly and you still had a chance to win and probably should have won, and probably should have capped it off with a legendary drive like you had. It's it's it makes it that much tougher to swallow. 
this pill, this loss. And I can't imagine what it's like to be a member of the New England Patriots today. Can't. I mean, I feel like I played in that game last night. I I do. I feel like I played. But Patriots will be back. They'll be back. And right now they're the favorites to win Super Bowl 51. Uh, I, I, I don't really think that's crazy either, given the motivation and uh, the defense just being so good. You want to look at positive? How how good were Hightower and Collins yesterday? I mean, those guys, and they did everything we I, I said they were going to do. Disguise the blitz, jumping into coverage, busting up the middle, right? Up that A-gap, A-gap blitz, disguising, disguise the blitz, confuse Peyton Manning. After those first two touchdown drives, they did it all. Those two guys. Butler made a couple big plays. Um, you know, this was this was a defensive performance that that we we need to be applauding today. No question. Didn't get him a win, but it's I don't think it's because of the defense. It's because of the offense. Giving the Broncos the ball inside your 20. Not protecting your quarterback. Bad throws from the QB. Bad decisions from the coaching staff. A missed extra point. There are people to blame. It's not the defense for the New England Patriots. And that's the most frustrating part. So, Super Bowl 50, uh, I'm not going to do two full weeks of it. But we'll get to some of the storylines. If there's news that happens, I'll, I'll break it down. I'll react to it. And I'll make a pick before that game is played. But we got two weeks here. Uh, Again, I won't do two full weeks. But uh, we'll we'll do as as much as we can and can stomach here on this show. I I needed to get away from football. I did not watch the entire Panthers-Cardinals game. That game was over early yesterday, last night. And I did watch the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I watched the Royal Rumble. And I told you, I made three predictions last week. One, Patriots would win. Got that wrong. Two, Carolina Panthers would win. Got that right. Three, Triple H would win the WWE Championship by winning the Royal Rumble match because the belt was on the line in the 30-man over-the-top rope Royal Rumble match. I told you Triple H would win. Now, he was number 30. Roman Reigns was number one. He's the champ. He came in number one. Triple H came in number 30. That's exactly how I told you it was going to play out. And Triple H won it. And he's the champ. And it should be an interesting Monday Night Raw. Now, a couple other things happened I told you would happen. Brock Lesnar got eliminated by someone who now he'll have a feud with, which is the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt. You could sort of see that coming. Uh, I told you AJ Styles was going to make his debut. He did. And he came in third, right? Or did he come in third or fourth? When did AJ Styles come in? Either third or fourth. He, I... I forget. He came in early. Uh, but it, it, it was good. You know what I didn't realize? I knew he wasn't the biggest dude in the world. I didn't realize he was that small. He's small. And I don't know if that's going to affect it, affect how how they use him. But I tell you what, he, he looked good in there. He did. And, and clearly they brought him in for a reason. So we'll see where they go with that storyline. But AJ Styles made his debut. And, uh... It, overall, it was a good event last night. I thought it was a good, nice Royal Rumble. And people say, oh, Triple A, I had a couple of buddies texting me and tweeting me saying, Triple H, go away. Well, given the fact that Rollins is injured, Cena's injured, 
I actually think this is a good storyline. I like this storyline. I do. I think this is good. I don't know where they're going at WrestleMania, main event, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out the next couple weeks. But uh, I watched last night. I, there was a part of me that as Dean Ambrose and Triple H were the last two in the ring, there was a part of me that thought, wow, maybe Dean Ambrose, this is his moment. Maybe. They're going to surprise us. They're going to tease us with the Triple H stuff. Because at that point in time, when Triple H comes in, you're thinking, and the obvious thing is that they're going to give Triple H the title. He's going to win it. But then you think, well, maybe they'll they'll tease that and they'll surprise us with Dean Ambrose. No. Triple H the, the champion. And I actually, I, I agree. I like it. I like the decision with the WWE creative, given that. I, I like where the storyline's going. So we'll see how it plays out, obviously. But uh, what else this weekend? Oh, we, there was, we, there was something positive this weekend. And if you listen to this show, or you follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard, what you know is we've had an issue lately with a street hockey movie that we created. 363, The Road to the Selfie 3-on-3. We came out with it in 2012, the fall of 2012. It's been out for almost four years. we got two NHL players in it, Keith Yandel of the New York Rangers, Jimmy Hayes of the Boston Bruins. They make great cameos. Please go watch it, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And I'm telling you to watch it because, once again, it is available on YouTube. Last week, you know, long story short, uh, Jack Eichel sent me a text, Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres, and he told me that he couldn't watch the movie. He wanted to show his team. And I said, well, that's crazy. Why can't you watch it? So I did some research, and I looked into my YouTube account, and I found out that 363, Road to the Selfie 3-on-3, uh, South Boston street hockey video, which had close to 50,000 views, was banned on YouTube because of Red Bull Records and a song, a specific song that we used, and they filed a copyright claim. Well, I reached out to them several times. We got a Twitter social media uh, stand going, you know, free 363. And turns out, over the weekend, people were texting me saying, it's back. You can watch the movie again. So I guess, as of right now at least, it looks like we won the battle. Free 363. We won. It is free. It was a battle worth fighting. Thank you to everybody who may or may not have helped out on social media using that hashtag, tweeting Red Bull Records and YouTube. I also reached out to some people in the in the business, I guess you could say. I don't know. I don't want to say the YouTube business, but in the film business, the the music industry sent some emails to Red Bull Records specifically to, to personal emails just to explain the situation that we did this movie and I never made a penny off it and I used it to promote my product and that's it and in fact for the last four years we've been promoting this song basically for free and I think you should embrace that rather than banning the movie maybe that's the way it worked out I don't know either way as of right now as of this Monday January 25th the video is on YouTube once again, and you can see it. And guess what? You can watch it on your phone or your tablet as well. So make sure you check it out. 363, the road to the Southie three on three. Um, that's a good thing that happened this weekend. But the bad thing, Patriots lost, and we got no more football this year. We are not preparing for a Super Bowl. Doesn't mean I'll ignore the Super Bowl completely in this matchup between the Broncos and the Panthers. We'll get into it. I'll try to bring some NFL guests on for that, but it will be certainly here in New England. Painful to watch the Super Bowl this year. I am here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe to the Danny Picard Show on iTunes. And if you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, 
I recommend the Stitcher app, Stitcher.com. You can get the app. It is free. And subscribe to the show. I'm here every weekday. Get this show whenever you want. Uh, Thanks for joining me. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Any other news in the NFL, we'll get to it. Uh, I'll get to some NBA, some NHL stuff that I didn't get to today. And, of course, there were some Major League Baseball offseason storylines and some things that happened, some moves over the weekend that I can also get into tomorrow and any other major news. I will react. And, oh, yeah, Monday Night Raw. I'll watch it tonight. We'll see how this plays out. And I'll give you my thoughts on what could be happening next, what storylines happen next. I'll give that on tomorrow's podcast. Talk to you then. <laughs>